friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners, and happy World Radio Day. This is VOA Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 13th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports, Episode 5 of Kick It AFCON, VOA Africa's special podcast on the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast, has been released. VOA's Mike Hove hosted the episode, and Mike was joined in studio by my VOA colleagues, Mukbil Yabaro, Kali Abdu, producer Sheck Tierro, yours truly, and coach Sam Sasu. We discussed Ivory Coast winning its third AFCON trophy, top players in the tournament, and much more. Let's kick it now with Kick It AFCON. What's good, what's good, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the last episode on Kick It, AFCON VOA's podcast that focuses on the Africa Cup of Nations tournament that was held in Ivory Coast. It just wrapped up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Mike Hove, and I'm joined in studio by my good old buddies, my AFCON champions, Sonny Young to the right, uh, Mokbul Yabaro, Sam Sasu, and of course, the loser himself, <laughs> Kali Abdu. <laughs> Gentlemen, gentlemen, man, um, what a tournament it has been. Everything, uh, the tournament of dreams and nightmares has come to an end. Uh, Nigeria's worst nightmare came to fruition. Uh, the redemption story, um, arguably, I would say, one of the best stories in African football, if you ask me. Um, Kali, let's start off with you. Uh, you watched the game. How do you yeah. feel, man? Um, I think it kind of went as I expected. I thought that uh, Cote d'Ivoire would come in. Very hot, very strong, very motivated. And I just didn't expect the Super Eagles to be that uh, reserved as they, they were. And the game uh, went the way that I expected. What was your thoughts? Because you guys took an early lead. Well, but that was fortuitous in the sense that, you know, uh, two captains went out for the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, True Saquon got to the ball, but it wasn't really clean. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that where it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the goalie could have saved it if he was better uh, prepared for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it didn't matter that we took the lead. Because one thing that I noticed, as soon as we took the lead, I watched the Ivory Coast players and they were very composed. It's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let's stay in this. We're mm-hmm. in this. And, you know, they just kept knocking the ball around and their chances came after. Sam, that was their redemption story from the quarters all the way to the end. Yeah. They kept coming back and going forward. What's your thoughts, man? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was written in the stars for them, uh, especially for this tournament. I think that with uh, Ivory Coast, uh, credit to them, uh, big credit to their manager as well, because uh, as we were talking earlier, for the manager to kind of come in, you know, halfway through the tournament and and push this team forward to this final and secure the the final four. The nation, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's big. It's big. Uh, Nigeria, credit to them for making it this far as well. Um, and just just like Ali said, it, it, them playing so reserved, um, you you limit the risk taking that you're going to need, and especially in this type of final. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to be able to be a bit more bold. You have to be a bit more daring. 
um, when you're going against a team in the final because if you stay too reserved, it's going to catch up with you, and that's what happened uh, in the match. Mukbo, you were in Ivory Coast. You saw those posters of uh, Sebastian Haller. Man stood up, not the game before, and of course in the finals, electrifying goals. Your thoughts, man? Yeah, shout out to, uh, what did Sonny say? Uh, Holler for Holler. Holler for Holler, man. I think to me, man, Sebastian Holler, uh, like you said, bro, he's plastered everywhere. Mm -hmm. When you're in Abidjan, you look at different types of products, man, whether it's hair products, his cell phones, his this and that. (laughs) He's everywhere. So they have a level of love for him. Um, He was unfortunately not able to play at the very beginning of the... uh, of the tournament due to injuries and stuff. And, you know, he himself has had his own story, you know, uh, cancer survivor. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he's definitely wanted to get back in form in total. And to be honest with you, he came in right at the right time. He's a big, big boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to guard him because his movements are so fluid Mm -hmm. and he's just very difficult for defenders to handle him. If you just give a one second and you're not looking at him or you don't know where his body is or you don't get that positioning... He just gets that touch that he does in this I game. I needed that bicycle where, kick to go but, Oh, the bicycle <laughs> kick was, man, it was like, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was super duper cool, <laughs> but it was kind of right it there. Was, like, had was, he yeah. just angled himself in the oh, right way because was, yeah. he connected fully with it. Was, it. Yeah. Oh. But it was, yeah, that could have been probably goal yeah. of the tournament but if he would have hit that, you know. Easy, so, easy. Uh, to me, I think it, it kind of like signified what it meant for this uh, tournament, for Ivory Coast to win this tournament. Very symbolic in that Sebastian Holler is the guy who scores for them in the semis, also scores from the finals uh, mm-hmm. to score that goal that puts them uh, ahead and gets them the the victory in regular time. To me, kind of like like you said, written in the stars for them. They couldn't have written it any better. You've yeah. seen, mm-hmm. you know, legend Didier Drogba in yeah. the fans. You know, he's just super elated to have came on to, out, to, see, out with to, the trophy. to see his team do this again. And if you remember. When he went out of his way to, you know, literally help his team win AFCON, that was a time where there was a lot of turmoil in Ivory Coast, right? Yeah. So he was using football to bring the country together. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a little, a lot of uh, unrest in the country. So mm-hmm. starting it off then to see it where it is now shows you that football means more mm-hmm. uh, to the Ivorians than just a game. So great game for them. Sonny, your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, kudos, kudos to Nigeria. Uh, but yeah, the fairy tale story—the elephants making it to the final. Uh, regarding the head coach, I think this was his fourth match in charge yeah, of the team. Of the team, right? I don't know that a, a coach has ever lifted a, a Nations Cup trophy uh, so quickly. Yeah. Within four, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as, as Muckbill said, uh, Holler really is kind of a symbol of that team, mm-hmm. based on his own health issues and. Uh, but the other thing that comes to mind uh, from that game is the twelfth man aspect. Right, right. Once they scored the equalizer, y- you sort of felt that uh, the tide had turned and mm-hmm. they-, they were going to prevail. But yeah, kudos to both teams. But the elephants, fairy tale story for sure. All right. Now speaking of the elephants, um, let's head over to a clip. Uh, we want to hear from one of the players himself, uh, Max Alain Gradel. Uh, to hear him speak more on the game itself, AFCON, and of course Ivory Coast telling more of their redemption story. Let's hear more from him. It was an amazing game today, and then uh, against two top teams, and then uh, we are very happy to to win this trophy because we, uh, we wanted more than everybody. So to win it uh, at home is making it more special. So very happy. What's the secret? The secret to this? The secret because we are almost out of the tournament. Yes, uh, I mean that uh, the secret was like uh, the spirit of the, t- uh, the group, the team. Because uh, we were out, because we lost 4-0, but then we, we, we managed to, to put the, the group together 
and then we managed to be very strong. And then uh, I mean, they, they, this is what made the difference after the, when we play against Senegal, because we know that uh, we cannot do any worse than that. So let's go for it. All right. Well, you heard there, uh, Ivory Coast stuff. Uh, he's forward, right? Uh, Max Gradel. Uh Sam, I want to talk to you a little more about the tactics, right? Um, you heard him talking more about the never say die attitude. Yeah. They felt like, you know, even coming out of the group stages, they made it out alive. They got a second life and they're like, we have nothing to lose. Uh, your thoughts on that moving forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, goes back to the, the statement. You're playing for the badge. You're playing for something bigger than, you know, a paycheck, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it, it showed in this match a lot. You know, the 12-man aspect came alive. Uh, you look at the stats of the game. I mean, Ivory Coast had 18 shot attempts on goal. They had, sorry, they had 18 shot attempts in total, eight mm-hmm. on goal. Mm-hmm. Nigeria only had five and only one on goal. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of tell where the risk takes, risk takers were on mm-hmm. and you saw that Nigeria was a bit more reserved at that time with Ivory Coast being in the position that they were in throughout the tournament you know mm-hmm. you're almost one foot out the door you know you just let go of your manager and now you're bringing in somebody new that has to bring a team together but it, it's dependent upon the players to believe that something can happen out of this right. you know, it takes a big strong belief from everybody so when you're united as as um, as a team as a squad you can put yourself through a lot more than what people think that you're capable of. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we saw from Ivory Coast in this tournament coming forward. Kali, um, so let's bring it... Now, I want to bring in an entire different discussion here. Mm-hmm. We're talking AFCON 11. You got to pick your nine, brother. Victor Osimhen, Sebastian Haller, what's it looking like? Um, I think uh, in the context of this tournament, you have to pick Haller for his contributions as a striker because mm-hmm. I'm gauging it based on I need to score goals I'm I'm going to put in a guy who he gets a half chance, he buries it like he did in the final. It was a half chance and it's in the back of the net. So I got to I got to I got to go with Haller just based on that. Are we all going with Haller? Well, yeah. top guy in the front. Yeah. Uh, you have found 11. I I like I like Haller, but Emilio and Sue just off the okay. fact that he he <laughs> went okay. crazy like five goals. Five, five goals is no is no easy feat. <laughs> yeah. Um and to be honest and he's with a you, right back. yeah, and he's he naturally for his club he plays in, in the back. But mm-hmm. to me, more than anything else, we're talking about opportunities. It's the fact that he had such few opportunities, especially in that Ivory Coast game mm-hmm. where they were getting dominated. He gets one half a mm-hmm. look and That's he buries it. it. So for me, I really like him up front. Uh, yeah. As much as I'm a huge Holler fan, Holler didn't play enough for me in the tournament. Uh, to right. to give him that uh, starting eleven look. So I'll come with a rebuttal. Mike, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we were Mike Muckbull and I were talking about it before the uh, this podcast. Uh, Trosta Kong was named best player of yeah, the tournament. Of the tournament. And uh, I have some issues with that. In that, uh, I, I kind of like maybe going to an Ivorian player for best player since Why? they won the trophy. I mean, it, it, technically, it, it should work that way, but you also need to look at the role of who did what in terms of carrying the team, right? Uh, I think Trusta Kong really carried the Super Eagles a lot. He, yeah. he, his contributions were irreplaceable uh, towards that team, um, especially for them making it to the finals. How many penalties did he bury? How many mm. looks did yeah. he have? I think ruling him out of that conversation just because they lost in the finals is a whole different I, chat. I think the chat that Sonny and I were having was more along the lines of, similarly in that the NBA and basketball, used to do this thing where even in the finals the player that performs the best can win the uh the mvp award even though his team loses i personally don't like that because no matter how great uh um trust was 
you still lost, right? So for mm-hmm. me, it's like this. It's similar, like in the so World Cup. Your player the so no, no, my thing is like I, I would have been perfectly fine giving it to Kese. Kese had had moments throughout the entirety of the tournament and the campaign for Ivory Coast mm-hmm. to get them to where they've gotten to. He's been a consistent uh, guy for them the entire tournament. I would have been okay with Adingra as well, right? You already player. got the best right. young but, player. But he's a young mm-hmm. player, but. He should have been the, the player because okay. he, he was he assisted he was on two goals yeah. as well. Yeah. Instrumental. So my thing is like not taking anything away from uh, Tressa Kong. He's been phenomenal. But I would like that uh, respective trophy to go to a player from the winning team. That's VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro, who is also producing the sunny side of sports this evening. Muckbill joined me and VOA colleagues Mike Hove, Kali Abdu, and Coach Sam Sasu for Episode 5 of Kick It AFCON, VOA Africa's special podcast on the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. Sporty greeting, this is Victor Sime, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC Forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the voice of America. the sunny side of sports on facebook x formerly known as twitter and at voaafrica.com my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny my x formerly known as twitter handle is at voa sunny sports and if you go to voaafrica.com you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes Check out VOAAfrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to VOANews.com. In disabled sports, a 22-year-old Zimbabwean with cerebral palsy is hoping to compete in the 2024 Special Olympics Canada Winter Games in Calgary. Columbus Mavunga reports from Harare, Zimbabwe. In Ufakosa Township in Harare, Zimbabwe, Tapiwanashe Prince Mutsigira spends his time running and training students at his former school, Sam of whom have disabilities. Mutsikira, a 22-year-old runner with cerebral palsy, hopes his hard work will help him qualify to represent Zimbabwe in track competitions at the 2024 Special Olympics Canada Winter Games in Calgary from February 27 to March 2. In the coming days, he will take part in Special Olympics training to test his athletic abilities for participation in the Games. He says he will be excited to get a chance to compete at the Olympics. He tells his colleagues that they can do the same, that with their disabilities they can also compete and they should not look down on themselves.
He maintains a positive outlook despite having cerebral palsy, a group of disorders that affect a person's ability to move and maintain balance and posture. His grandmother, Tambuzai Rujizonyariri, who began caring for Mutsikiram when he was three, says at one point she could not imagine her grandson training and competing like this. She says the family has since learned that her grandson does a lot of stuff and they thank God for his positive attitude toward life. He is only 22 and is training other children living with disabilities. It's unbelievable. Zimbabwe statistics say that of its population of 16 million people, more than 1.4 million have a disability. Now organizations of people with disabilities in Zimbabwe are pushing for the passage of legislation that would make law some recommendations based on the government's disability policy launched in 2021. Advocates say the current law, the Disabled Persons Act of 1992, is falling short. Peter Barre heads site servers and advocates a group for disabled people. If the bill is passed into law, it means so many other services that they are not accessing at the moment will be accessible. Because at the moment of the national disability policy are being implemented. Christine Peter is director of disability affairs in Zimbabwe's Ministry of Public Service, Labor and Social Warfare. The government of Zimbabwe has now set up a National Technical Committee on Disability Inclusion. This committee has representatives from all the 20 government ministries. It has representatives from organizations of persons with disabilities and our development partners as well. Meanwhile, Mutsigira says he will keep pushing ahead and encouraging other persons with disabilities to do the same. Columbus Bafungam, VOA News, Harare, Zimbabwe. Thanks, Columbus. Nigeria's national women's basketball team, nicknamed the Tigress, recently qualified for the 2024 Paris Olympics. For reaction, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with a member of the Nigerian Customs Service women's basketball team, Teresa Makdengosu. Well, the first thing I'm going to say about the D-Tigress qualifying for the Olympics is the fact that I'm super proud of them. And it's the fact that these girls came out strong, you know, from their different teams playing professionally, some of them in France, in Spain, in, you know, Iceland, if Unaya Okoro plays in Iceland. And, you know, just coming together within a short time to put, you know, the kind of performance that they did, they put in the game against Senegal. Sometimes, you know, we're scared of what's going to happen in our first game because, you know, this is the first time that we're playing a game after coming together or after camping together, training or maybe short or long camps and all. But in this case, a very short camp. And, you know, they put up the fights and the energy that they all needed. And together they were able to win that game. So I, I was really happy. I was really, you know, I believed I knew that they were going to win, you know, beat Senegal, even though they started a bit slow. But at the end, they, they, they came out as the D-Tigress that I know them to be. At the Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament, Nigeria defeated Senegal, but lost to USA and Belgium. What do you think happened in the games with the USA and Belgium? 
the first thing I'm going to say is the fact that, you know, our girls, the D-Tigress, came into these Olympic qualifiers with a mindset to not doubt themselves, to be fearless, to be bold. And that was exactly the same spirit they came in to the Belgian and the U.S. Games. You know, they came into the Senegal game showing that prowess, showing that they are the D-Tigress, they are the champions of Africa. And they proved that by beating Senegal. And then when they met the USA and the Belgium teams, it was a different ball game because now they're meeting more experienced players, you know, a team packed with all-star players in the WNBA, some of the best players in the world. So, you know, our players, you know, are, you know, almost as good as those players. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we know that the US team has a more packed team whereby you know anybody that comes off the bench is like a walking bucket so basically that was you know what happened in those games i think was kind of expected but then again we saw that you know our girls during the u.s game probably didn't put up a lot of fights or they did but then in the scoring scoring angle of it they weren't putting up a lot of points although Murujana Tumusa played pretty well against the USA but you know one person cannot play a game so we, we expected or needed everybody else to put their hands on deck and get that game at least to a pretty better scores than they got that is the game against the US and then when they played the Belgian side we saw what I noticed from that game was the fact that the Belgian team was a very fast-paced team they moved the ball off um, up and down the court really fast they knew where to find each other they understood each other they've been playing together in the europe leagues and you know they knew they had like a synergy basically just like the u.s team they had this connection they already knew certain things that were already put in place but here we have players in the detagress who are playing in different leagues and different countries and they have like minimal time to even practice together so i mean if we can have the kind of connection if we can have the kind of opportunity to train together like these teams do then you know it's it's just we're going to have the same kind of results that, or at least be able to match up to them more than we did. So I'm super proud of the girls. They, they did pretty well in my, in my opinion. I mean, they could have done better, especially with the U.S. team. With the Belgian team, they only lost by 17 points, which, which wasn't so bad. So we have, you know, hope that if we meet them again, that's the Belgian team, we're going to do much better. And with the U.S. team, we just need to, you know, fix some things and just change some things. And that, I guess, will come from the coaching crew who are doing an exceptional job with the ladies. So kudos to them. I wish them all the best in Paris. What are the chances or prospects of the Nigerian national women basketball team? At the Paris Olympic Games, do you think the team will be beefed up with new players? Well, right now we have moved up one spot and we are ahead of Puerto Rico from the FIBA, you know, power ranking. And you know, it, it's good. It's a good thing for us. It shows that you know the fights that we came in, that we brought in from the beginning in the qualifiers, it, there was a result out of that. So that's good for us. And. What am I, you know, expecting us to do in the in the proper? I mean, we're going to keep fighting. That's what D-Tigress do. That's what Nigeria is about. Keep fighting and getting better every day. Um, in terms of whether the team will be beefed up, you know, with new players for the proper in Paris, um, we should expect that. You know, this is the qualifiers. I'm sure other teams that have qualified would also 
you know have some changes or make some changes in the in the lineup as well so anything is possible definitely with the nigerian team as well so we should expect that you know some of these players might be dropped and some of them would still be around and we might have new faces i mean if we check the team list from the afro basket it's not the same people that were there not completely i know at least um Adenike, who was at the afro basket is not there now at the um, olympic qualifiers she wasn't there and now we had promise who wasn't there at the Afro basket. So definitely we're going to have, you know, a mix of other players coming probably. Um I expect that for other teams and I definitely expect that for the Nigerian team as well, the D Tigress. So congratulations once again to our D Tigress. I'm super proud of my girls. I'm super proud of all of them, the coaches, you know, Coach Wena, you're doing an amazing job. So congratulations to, to them as they prepare for the proper Olympics in Paris. That's Teresa Makdangosu, a member of the Nigerian Custom Service women's basketball team. And Teresa spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. This is Colonel Sam Amedu, retired, President FIBA Africa Zone 3. You are once more listening to Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of America. Thank you very much and have a good day. Around the clock, the Voice of America keeps you in touch with the latest news. Tune in at the top of every hour, every day of the week. For the five-minute VOA newscast. We bring you reports from our correspondents and interviews with newsmakers from around the globe. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the world. VOA, your trusted source for news and information. Now let's go to Ghana, which is preparing to host the African Games next month. Yawafusu Larbi was recently in Cape Coast, where he checked on Team Ghana's preparations. Yao says a medical team is keeping a watchful eye on the athletes as they train. Sporty greetings, Yao! Sporty greetings, Sunny. Since Team Ghana started camping at the Cape Coast Sports Stadium ahead of the 2023 African Games, there's always been a background medical team who have been coming in their ambulance to watch the players train. The 14-man team, which consists of psychologists, nurses, emergency specialists and a dietitian, watch the players from dawn to dusk and follow them to their hotels to actually watch them on a 24-hour period. The lead of the medical team, Dr. Papakojo Imbro, explains the reasoning behind this arrangement ahead of the 2023 African Games. We've done medical screening for all the athletes and we, we are with them both where they sleep and when they are doing, doing training time so we can take care of their emergencies as soon as they arrive. We have made arrangements with the Cape Position Hospital Emergencies as well so that should we have any emergency we have a well laid down plan to transport patients to the emergency department for smooth assessment and treatment. So far we've been good. We have had a few injuries. The physios are doing a very good job at doing their massages for them. A few injuries here and there. Otherwise, nothing major has happened so far. The nutrition of the athletes ahead of the Games is considered top priority for the medical team. So there's a dietitian on standby who has explained the nutritional needs of each athlete. Um, I usually work around the nutrition side making sure the athletes get their recommended nutrition, that's for their breakfast, lunch, supper, and then the nutrients 
uh, from fruits and then um, hydration as well. Also make sure those with specific nutrition needs, um, those who have allergies, those who have some intolerance are well taken care of. During the screening, they report that to us and then we make sure during their intake time we have special meal for those. And then those with special needs, um, those who want to work within their weight ranges, also we help them to make sure they attain that so that they can um, have their optimal performance. So that's all we do. All our actions around nutrition drive towards the athlete and making sure they get their optimum nutrition for best performance. The 13th African Games is expected to start in early March and it is a dream of the medical team here in Cape Coast to prepare the team adequately and build them up to do well at the games. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yao Fusilabi in Cape Coast. Thanks, Yao. Pro basketball. French phenom Victor Wembanyama of the San Antonio Spurs posted his second career triple-double Monday night. Wemby tallied 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 block shots as the Spurs spanked the host Toronto Raptors 122-99. to Wemby is the first NBA player in more than three years to block 10 or more shots in a triple-double. Finally, on World Radio Day... Let's give a sunny side of sports birthday salute to my VOA colleague, David Vandy, who is blowing out 60, count them, 60 candles on his birthday cake today. Happy World Radio Day, David, and happy 60th birthday, buddy. And that wraps up the February 13th edition of the show. Thanks to producer Muckbill Yabaro. Thanks also to VOA engineer Audreas Regis, and thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. This is VOA News in Washington. I'm Jeff Custer. Top officials from the U.S., Israel, and Qatar are gathered in Cairo to resume efforts to reach an agreement.